Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a Smooth Soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie. We play jams that are intended to uh, soothe the tortured soul of sports fans who may be dealing with uh, uh, an L for their team over the weekend. Um, We'll get into a couple of L's that were taken over the weekend by a few teams. We'll get into that coming up a little bit later on. We'll talk some NBA uh, because the Spurs. uh, uh, What's going on with the Rockets and the Spurs? It's the, the tank off. And then the Rockets beat the Spurs back to back. Yeah, no, good job, Spurs. What's going on there? Round Stay hot. Spurs. Stay hot. Hey, man, you had that two game win streak. You were starting to scare me. That is ridiculous. <laughs> ah, you got to go back out there. Houston just can't get it right. No, Houston what's just funny can't is, get it right. That no, is the city. Yeah, and the Spurs, city. the Spurs had some injuries this weekend. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah, very convenient. They had some injuries. Very convenient injuries, yes, for the Spurs. <laughs> so we'll talk about uh, the Spurs taking uh, an L over the weekend, but also the Mavs, too. Uh, that was a really interesting uh, matchup between the Mavs and the Suns. And John Morant, uh, we... Guys, we gotta have a we gotta have a serious discussion about John Morant. No, I'm serious. Like we gotta have a, I'm 100 percent in adult, on that an, conversation. An adult conversation yes, about John Morant. I'm 100 percent in. Yeah, we're gonna do that in the six o'clock. That deserves as uh, a father. Our, as a father. Which yeah, we gotta approach yeah. it from a lot of different ways. I'm yep. glad you can. I'm not yep. a father yet, but I'm glad yep. you can come at it from a, a uh, that perspective because yep. I don't. It, at first, it was oh, it was almost a joke, and it was seen as something that was. You know, a meme. Uh, it was yeah, something yeah. that was considered, you know, that the comical that Ja Morant was being influenced to try to be some wannabe gangster for some reason. I don't know what that was all about. Yeah. And now he's almost, you know, trying to actually live out <laughs> a, a real uh, gangster lifestyle for some reason. I have no idea why. Makes no sense. So he flashed a gun on... Instagram, Instagram live, which made no sense. At all. I don't know. It's fine to carry a gun. I'm not. This is not a gun yeah, and a right not to about carry the, conversation yeah, exactly. at all. Uh, if you want to carry a gun, fine. But he was flashing it irresponsibly on social media. Uh, so we'll get into that. We'll talk about John Morant and his uh, his demons, no doubt that he's battling. Uh, but first, we got to talk about uh, Texas Spring football. We'll get into the NFL because there's a lot of NFL news, notes, and nuggets to cover. Derek Carr to the Saints. We'll address that. Jerry Jones speaking out on Dak Prescott. We'll address that as, as well in the five o'clock hour. Um, also, what players at the NFL Combine uh, won and lost the Combine? The Longhorns, how they performed the Combine. We'll get back into that. But let's talk some Texas Spring football here, gentlemen, because. Um, uh, Steve Sarkeesian, he did meet with the media. He had a media availability right <laughs> after spring practice. And, uh, you know, Coach Sark, he uh, talked about a number of topics. We'll have more of this audio tomorrow because we can break it down um, in in detail. So we'll have more of it. But one of the topics that came up, and I believe, I don't know if it was unsolicited, but it, Sark offered up a lot of the information. Um, I got it from, uh, shout out to Noah Gross from KXAN. Mm-hmm. He's the where I got the sound from. Um, but here is uh, Steve Sarkeesian when he was speaking about Xavier Worthy at spring practice and talking about how happy he was to have Xavier Worthy back. And then he actually revealed this little tidbit. And then the one guy was great to have back out there today, uh, which you guys didn't know, and I, I did. I tried to protect this throughout the season, but Xavier had a broken hand essentially the second half of the season. And so to get him back out there, he was in a cast uh, for about eight weeks or roughly, so to get him back out there practicing full speed, which was which was awesome. Anytime you're a receiver and you're playing with a broken hand, I mean that's that's a pretty important aspect of your game. And uh, that guy never wanted to 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 sit out, not play, 
Um, he, he came to work. He fought through it. There were days in practice where we purposely didn't throw him balls just to take some of the pressure off of it. Um, but uh, I think we're, we're going to see a version of Xavier Worthy that's going to be dramatically different um, now, that, now that he's healthy. Now, that tracks, right? It makes perfect sense. It lines up with the eye test and what we saw. That was a dramatic drop-off in the productivity of Xavier Worthy and his drop rate uh, exponentially increased. And he re- he regressed overall. He regressed overall as a player in 2022. And this is a guy that at the beginning of the season I was – Proclaiming could end up being the best receiver in the big in the best receiver in the Big Twelve, but definitely one of the best in the country. You know, obviously he regressed. That was not the case by the end of 2022. So yes, it makes sense. He had a he had a hand injury, and that was one of the main factors in the regression. But the Kim Kardashian, Nicki Minaj, Serena Williams size, Cardi B size, Megan the Stallion size. But here would be okay. So why did you keep? targeting Xavier Worthy with the broken hand. And when was the when was the broken hand discovered? We don't know. We got to go back and so, now yeah. do some serious film study and try to yeah. figure out when he broke the hand. We and, don't know. And let's figure out why you were used the word essentially right after you said broken hand. Right. Because that makes me think it was not a broken hand, but another hand problem. Right. Because it's, he said he was basically playing with a broken hand essentially. So it seemed like he had a hand injury. A broken hand would seem like you would have to sit him out. So maybe it was something where it was inflammation and it was a bone spur or something like that or something weird in his hand that had to be taken care of after the season. So are we, are we thinking that maybe this is – Sark really likes X-Men, by the way. He's a yeah, big X-Men him. fan. He brought X-Men in. And that was a great. It was a great get by Sark to bring him in. And he had a phenomenal freshman year. Could this be Sark – trying to make excuses or at least trying to cover for the regression of X-Men and all of the criticism that X-Men got via social media from others and saying, hey, all of y'all are wrong. The man was basically playing with a broken hand. NFL. Hey, I'm doing air quotes here. NFL scouts. Hey, NFL. To me, this may have been a message to the scouts more than well, anything. Like, hey, I know everybody's a lot of talk about him his regression. He regressed because he had a broken hand. Or what Patrick says is essentially a broken hand, and I yeah I would love to know now like was it actually a broken hand or was it essentially a broken hand? So what's the, what what is the well, difference? Well, and I mean like look if there's any injury where you have if any pressure to your hand is going to hurt your hand, but they go hey we did X-rays and it's not broken so we can't really do anything it just needs to rest to heal we can't like reset it or anything like that it may be that injury and he has to say broken hand because if he comes out and goes well if I just give you the technical term of it you're going to say he's a wimp. Is a broken finger on a hand a broken hand? Won't you call it a broken finger? I don't know. I'm asking. No, I'm asking. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. No, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. I, I, I don't think you would technically say it was a broken hand. So we're talking about hand. the hand is the hand. The hand is the hand. And there we, must have been a bone the left hand in there. or the right hand? Do we know which hand it was? Right. That's, that's, no, I'm serious. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm going to take him at his word. Okay? Let's let's just give Coach Sark his proper. Okay. I'm going to say. Might have been Coach right. Steven, though. Yeah. You, you can't trust Coach Steven. You can trust, you can trust Coach Sark. And that's why but I'm you going, can't trust Coach Steven, and this might have been a Coach Steven decision. This is why I'm going <laughs> with the Coach Sark on this one. And my biggest point to you, to what you said is okay. If that's the case, number one, when did it transpire? And number two, and most importantly, why are you designing plays for him 
if you know that he's injured and the drops are going to happen? Because i never seen him walk off the field shaking his hand. I could be wrong. I never saw him come off the field where he wasn't part of the, the, the play calling. If it was, it was something deep, and then he would come back, and then he'll get right back on the field. And sometimes, too, if you know that this young man is getting destroyed by the media because of the drops, why not give it to someone to break it? I understand what he said. Well, you know, we were trying to protect him for gaming purposes or whatever, so teams didn't. Try. But you were throwing to him like he was healthy. He had 99 targets in 2022 at 103 in 2021. And, yeah, he kept throwing to him like he was the number one target. There was no transition to try to transition to other receivers. Now, maybe this was an indictment on the rest of the wide receiver room. An indictment on, you know, the Jay Witt. And his, Jay Witt was open. His, his lack of trust in Jay Witt, his lack of trust in Casey Kane, lack of trust in the rest of the wide receivers that X-Man's the only one that can execute these routes at this level. That, that, I'm with you. I disagree with that. I, I think strongly Jay Witt, disagree I think with Jay, that. And this goes to your point all year about underutilization of Jay Witt. Why not start letting Jay Witt open up the route tree a little bit and run some of those routes designed? You you were designing. Yes. You were scheming routes, scheming open X-Man. I get it. He's explosive. But why not put Jay Witt in the role and see if you can scheme him open? Right. With some of the same concepts. And you can use uh, X-Man as a decoy the entire time. You can use it. You can throw some passes to him if you if you want to keep him on the field. It's not like – and he said we didn't throw him passes in practice and all this other stuff because we wanted him to be ready for the game. It's the most vital part of what he does. He needs his hands to catch the ball. So why why would you do that? I understand you're trying to – you know, your gamesmanship for it, but you can also use him as a, as a decoy. And open up something for somebody else. That's real interesting that he would t- choose today. And I, I went and looked at some of my man's pictures on his Instagram account because you know he likes to post a lot. Mm-hmm. I never one time saw him with a cast on. Uh, Sark said he was in a cast, but we didn't we didn't see it. No, yeah. but I'm saying on his yeah. Instagram, he's posting photos. There's oh, no, no yeah. Instagram. Well, I think they're on trying there. to avoid opponents knowing about it. So that was the reason for the very you know. Dis, discl- the clandestine nature of it, right? They're not disclosing it. So they're trying to avoid opponents, you know, picking on X-Men maybe because I would go after the hand. I'm a DB. Timmy's got hand injury. Okay, good. Going after the hand. <laughs> so I, I understand why they didn't want to disclose that. Uh, I think it gets to the point, though, why did the offense stay so singularly focused, especially with the passing game on X-Men when the injury happened and why wasn't there more of a transition? Listen, if you didn't have options, then we wouldn't be having a discussion. But there is a discussion all year long on this very show. Hart's making several points about the underutilization of Jay Witt. And I agreed. We all agree that JT Sanders should have had more of a role offensively yes. in the passing game. Yes. He's such a matchup nightmare. We all agreed that Bijan was underutilized in the passing game. In the passing game. game. So there are options. Because I know you hey, you may not have faith in Casey Kane and the, the deeper third, fourth wide receivers in the wide receiver room, and I get that. But there are options on the you know, on the offense within your, you know, starting lineups or guys you trust that just could have been um I think their utilization just could have been transitioned to be more weaponized in the passing game. And you chose not to do that. You chose 
a a injured X Man as a better weapon in the passing game over some of those other possible options, and I would beg to disagree. Uh, I, and I, I and I I'm think we found you. out. He, I think that was a it was a miscalculation. So here's the deal. So I'm <laughs> looking at the last time Texas played was the 29th, right? So July 1st. I mean January 1st. Let's just use January 1st as okay. the date. He said he's been out. He's been in a cast for eight weeks. Was that the eight weeks right after the season? Was that the time that he got it? Because obviously he didn't have it during the season because he played in all the games. So I'm confused about it. So if it's if he was playing the entire season, and again, I'm not trying to play Inspector Clouseau on this deal. What he, I'm taking the man at his word. Nice. I'm just curious to the entire formulation of this conversation. Like, Okay, I guess you guys didn't know about this, but he had a broken hand on that. Uh, okay, so now you got us questioning in your game plan. Now you got our conversation about why would you use a player whose hand is definitely something wrong with it where you said you kept him out of practice during the week. That also takes away from him being able to catch the ball ding, consistently ding, 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 ding. and have chemistry with your new quarterback. Exactly. Ding, ding, ding. So I'm kind of I'm 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 confused about what was the plan for the season when you had all these other weapons and you can't tell me you didn't because we've seen it and we talked about this before the show, Rob. This is the first year that Jay Witt was healthy the entire time, and if you go back and watch film, and I know you do. He's open a lot. Uh, I, I agree. I think they could have expanded the route tree for him, definitely, and yeah. have him more run more downfield routes. I, I yeah, it makes like I said, it tracks because anybody who watched it thought, man, why is Xavier Worthy regressing to the, this extent? And I understand why. Sorry, because he got yards after catch. Because X Man was great on yards after catch. He was actually tenth in the Power Five in yards after the catch in twenty twenty one. He was forty first in the Power Five in twenty twenty two. So you don't want to throw him short routes. Because you don't want him getting hit right. with a lot of contact on that hand. I get that, too. Plus, he might fumble because I, I, right hand, left hand, yeah. I'm not sure which one it is. And But then it gets to he throwing the D-ball to him. And I guess for Sark, his thought process was he's better at catching a D-ball with this injury, whatever it is, his hand injury. But that also wasn't the case. He was not right. better at catching a D-ball. So I just how did, how did you troubleshoot it if you, did, if you didn't practice? Right. Do we just go into the game and assume? And just ride out. Let's gamer? just see what happens. Oh, you're going to show up. We're going to shoot you up. Whatever. I don't know. But I'm just saying, like, yeah, there's there's a miscommunication. And then it goes back to what we were talking about earlier in the year about the fact that they're not connecting on the deep ball. Because why? They didn't have the practice time together to be able to do now that. Part, yeah, it's like, oh, now all of it. Like, oh, now yeah. it, makes all, it all makes sense. Yes. But then it doesn't make sense. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Because <laughs> it now it's like, well, why didn't Jay Witt get more run? And Thank JT you. Sanders get more run? And Bijan in the passing game should have been more of a weapon. And yet, hell, we, I got to go look at the target rate for, you know, X-Man in the passing game, but we all remember them being, we all remember complaining about his target rate in games Agreed. when we thought he was healthy. Correct. <laughs> Correct. We were complaining like, oh man, I think you... Why I are to, you throwing to him every yeah, play? I think the passing game is too centralized on X-Man. Right. You should use him as a decoy. There should be other guys involved. If, if they're doubling him, numbers tell you, football-wise, 11-11, somebody else is getting man-to-man coverage. Thank you. Who is that person? And find them quickly. Yes. 
and we that, that I don't think there ever was that troubleshooting process for Sark. So I would say for me, learning this news, yes, now it brings more clarity to the film study about and, and the regression of Xavier Worthy. But now I have more questions about the offense and why the offense and the passing game yes. became so Xavier Worthy centric when he was dealing with the injury. Yeah. Makes no sense at all. That's why. If, I, if, I'm, if I'm Jordan Whittington, um, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I'm upset. And I know he probably knew about this anyway. It was like, he's healthy for the first time in three years, and you're going to throw it, you're going to keep throwing it to an uh, injured player instead of throwing it to a healthy Jay Witt? And, and Sanders, who was, a, who was a mismatch nightmare. First, first team all Big 12. <laughs> Tied in. That, so... So for those that are driving in their car trying to wonder, wondering why we're talking about and those on the 40 acres wondering why we're talking about this, it's because we're trying to make sense of some of the targets. And if this is true, then we definitely have to really peel back the onion and find out what really happened. Yeah, it was just a, I think it was a miscalculation by him. He has, I think the assumption was that, Xavier Worthy without the practice time, because he admitted that he wasn't practicing, that the chemistry uh, between he and the quarterback would not suffer uh, you know, terribly, which it did. And I thought he also thought he would be able to play through. And by the way, guys play through injury all the time. It, it's football. So I think the, also the assumption was he'd be able to play through that injury and the productivity would not drop off. It wouldn't be a precipitous drop-off in productivity playing through the injury. Also, miscalculation. Yeah, and I'm sure Xavier Worthy is telling him every day when you're getting to Friday, Thursday, Friday, he's like, no, nah, man, it's feeling much better. It's feeling pretty good today. I think it's feeling better so that he can go out there and play on Saturday because he wants to play. I get it. He's a gamer. Oh, he course. wants to go play. Yeah. So, But you got to protect some players from themselves. No, I get that, and that's that's the question of more of like, why are you doing this if, the, if you knew after week three of him dropping every long ball? When you had to go, man, I don't think it's better. That <laughs> right. That's more the question because I get why Xavier Worthy wants to go out there. But at a certain point, you may have gone, hey, man, I get we don't have a lot of options. So this game, I'm just letting you know we're not targeting you. We're going to send you on a lot of fly routes to try and pull defenses because you're still drawing double teams. We may throw it over there a couple times, but we're going to throw it pretty far away from you so it can't be picked off. And then we're going to try and use you to open up the other field, but we need you to give you a couple weeks to heal. They just sent us a picture. Here he is with the cast on. So, oh, so there the right it is. Hand. There yeah. you go. Hey, so thanks, Sexers. There, there you go. You guys are awesome. Yep. We appreciate that. Uh, and that was on February the 5th, so that's why he's saying. So that must have happened. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. You're trying to put the timeline together. I'm putting the timeline together. So here it is. I think they put him in the cast or he had something done to his hand, whether it was surgery or not, after the bowl game, as mm-hmm. I was saying. So they were saying that's about eight weeks. So that means he missed the workouts. He wasn't catching passes during that time up until today's practices. Right? So that's how that's how I would see the timeline for him. Because if he was just in the cast and they said that this was on February the 5th, mm. that he posted it, yeah. so now he's yeah. coming back. And, and, and Sark did say to start it off, we're glad to have him back. Which yep. means he was away. Was away. So, yep. uh, how much of this, because we've heard multiple stories, rumors, whatever you want to call them, of uh, X-Men being re- recruited, if you will, wooed by other programs, other yep. to try to go other places via the transfer portal with the NIL, the way it works with the free market hitting college football. I wonder how much of this for Sark is, I got to give him targets. Otherwise, he gone. Yeah. 
That's if, fair, if, but if, we if, can't if, coach if he, like if he that. Comes though. Out, no, just, hear me out, though. If he comes out and he's like, hey, um, you know, just like my man Patrick says, hey, I'm a healthy coach. I'm feeling better every week. You know, and he's not practicing, which I, I agree. I don't know how you troubleshoot whether he's going to be ready for the game if he's not practicing. But coach just has, you know, faith that he's going to be the guy. <laughs> you know, if he's thinking about transferring, if coach decides to take away his targets and he's saying, coach, I can play. I mean, the modern college football that we live in, you do have to listen. I, and, and, and that would explain some of the target share when we're all going, what the heck? We didn't even know he was injured. And we're going, why do you keep throwing into double teams? He's covered. The game plan is obviously take away X-Man. Why are we keep throwing to him? There's somebody else in one-on-one coverage and, man, and open. I'm just saying, you got to keep your stars happy in an NIL transfer portal world. And ain't no doubt he was a star. He ain't Bijan. Bijan and Rojo were cut from a different cloth. We all yeah, agree. Yeah. We ain't to worry about Bijan and Rojo. There are several reports that X-Man was looking elsewhere. Actually, in multiple years. But, but <laughs> I, look. So no, 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 I get no, it. It's, a, it's just a theory, but I'm just saying. No, 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 no. I'm we, we're trying I'm to look for a reason as to why we are force-feeding a football to somebody who now had a sort of kind of broken hand who also is being double-covered. I'm like, he ain't Calvin Johnson. All right. right. He's good, but damn, he ain't that good. We ain't that build either. Right. Like, it's, <laughs> he's not He's not six five and get up over people and jump up and go grab the ball like Calvin That's Jones. what I'm saying. Like, like so you could you throw it into double teams. That's he's, that happened a lot. More so that a coach could have easily corrected that and that kept happening. So you're scheming that open and then you're doing it to a guy who also has a broken hand. Why? 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 Right. Give me why tell me why. Tell me why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean no. seriously. Well and I mean if you look in the next year if Isaiah Nayor can come back and play at a high level and AD Mitchell can play at a high level. He's still rehabbing though, by the way. No, I get yeah, I, yeah, but, I but I'm you. saying if those guys you. can come back, well, what's the target share now? And are you just saying, hey, man, hey, we made it to when you can go to the NFL draft, Xavier Worthy, this whole going to give you so you don't transfer thing, we got to cut back. Like, I, well, I have I have other weapons. I have to be able to use those other weapons or else they're all going to be gone. That's why you probably stockpile the receiver role. You ain't yeah. got to worry about that again. Well, you ain't got to worry about it anyways. I mean, you have that, all that's those. That's the you part have, that's you bothering have... me the most, man. I, 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 that's the part that the day and age that we are in where we're trying to to save one guy to spite our team, though. That's the problem. You know, I know he's a talent, but there's talent out there, man. There's a lot of good players out there, and if you cultivate that room, you don't have to worry about that. That's the thing that I'm sitting here looking at it is like, when did the University of Texas had to covet to one person? And that's the thing that I I, I just ah it just I'm I'm happy that the kids can get the money. I'm glad that they have this option to be able to go and do whatever they want. But as a grown man, you can't sit there and be like, I'm gonna have this 18 to 19 year old kid holding my program hostage. Because this is supposed to be the University of Texas. And if he's got that kind of mindset, so be it. I know it's his first one. I know that's the guy that he brought with him. But the realization of our sports now and the the world that we're living in, I get it. You want to make sure that you keep your stars happy. And what did Jimmy Johnson say? You don't always treat everybody the same. You get respect, but you don't all get the same respect. I get it. But, man, 
that that this game has just changed so much that we're throwing to a kid in double coverage that's got a broken hand. It's just a theory, but you or can, a hand can, problem. Oh, yeah, can, yeah. can you give me a better reason as to why we're throwing to a guy double coverage <laughs> with a broken hand who's not Calvin Johnson? Right, he's not even Roy Williams. I can't give it to you. I can't <laughs> give it to you. He's one seventy-five soaking wet. If that, and we th- I wait, 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 wait. How about this theory? Sark, his entire offense is built around the deep threat. He feels he has one guy that can do it, and he doesn't. And it's like if he's telling me he's okay, I'm gonna. This is my offense. I'm gonna do it. Now that's still not a good. I don't think there's any way we come out of this with a positive. Oh, <laughs> right. well, his hand was broken. Right. He kept throwing to him. Right. That makes sense. Right. That, that doesn't happen. So you just had to figure out the the best bad situation, and whether it's. That Sark's offense has to have a deep threat, and so he has to throw the ball down there because in his head it won't work. And every week he's just hoping. You're saying that Jay Witt just sucks at That's the deep ball. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, like Jay Witt, JT Sanders are just like some jabronis when it comes to the deep ball. Like, that guy can work the seam. He's a five star freak. Jay Witt's a freak. Bro, the guy's one of the fastest guys on the team. Like, he's on the track team. You know, I mean, he's, he's on the he's on the relay team like, that Bijan said was he would have put him on it. If that man's the only guy that can catch a deep ball, then your development sucks. Like, come on, I, man. I agree with I, all this. I'm just yeah. like, come it's like, on, right. this is where we at? Uh, this is what no we're doing? No matter what theory we throw out there to justify it, we yeah, are going to be upset. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be upset. We're not I'm gonna just like curious. <laughs> My goodness. Okay. All right, Harge. What you got for Harge Dog Life? Well, I was going to talk a little baseball, but I don't know if I really want <laughs> let's, let's make more theories that we all hate. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to talk a little bit of baseball and I'm going to try to give the Texas Longhorn fans some hope, but because I've seen some of the other teams in our conference, and there's still a chance. That's why I say mm-hmm. no pushing the panic button. Yes, I there like we that. Go. Hope coming up next for Hard Knock Life right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful night in the horn. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks. He has emotional anger issue problems. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to the Smooth Soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's your boy, Hardball Harge. You can follow me on Twitter, at Hardball Harge. You can follow my man, Rob Babers, at Rob Babers. And, of course, the man that's in charge of all these great days of the week and giving you all that music is my man, Patrick Davis. And you can follow him at It's Patrick Davis. We love when you're a part of the show. Hit us up on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. And you guys have been great. This was a great conversation between us all. And I know everybody has theories and thought processes, and we're all going to think about it and try to figure out, what the heck is going on out there? <laughs> but, hey, we moved on. We got spring football. We'll get into that conversation as well. I want to talk a little bit about baseball here and not too much. I'm not going to go all the way into it because we understand it was a tough weekend out in at Cal State Fullerton. Texas came back home winning um, – one of three games went one and two on the weekend. Tough losses. Uh, situationally, there's still a lot of work to be done. But I want to tell you this. I've had the pleasure of working a lot of baseball games early this season. I'll be on the call with Craig Way uh, tomorrow night nice. as the Horns take on Sam Houston State. So I'm excited to be out there and kind of watch this team continue to grow. Um, I do want to tell you this. Being able to call these games, I get a chance to talk to a lot of coaches 
and all of them have come to the same conclusion. With the changes in the in the teams and the constant movement and replacing players, there has all been a struggle. We can look at some of the teams in the Big 12 where they've gone. We can look at Baylor, for instance. Baylor was a team that's been mm-hmm. trying to get their things together. Uh, they brought in a new coach, and they're trying to make some changes there. And there's a lot of movement. Uh, You look at what Oklahoma, Oklahoma lost a lot of players to the draft, as did Texas, and they're rebuilding. I got a chance to watch them this weekend and talk to their coaching staff. You look at K-State, West Virginia, Kansas, TCU, Oklahoma State, and Texas Tech. Texas Tech record, everybody gets excited about it. Ooh, 11-2. They got a lot of young players. I get hit on the Specs text line by a Texas Tech fan. I see you. I'm just not acknowledging you all the time because of the fact (laughs) I want you to go back and look at who you play during that time as well. You went down to um, uh, Minute Maid this past weekend and your team didn't look as great as you once thought they were. They played okay, but they weren't as good. They weren't beating up the world like they normally were at the very beginning of the season. It's about who you play. Mm -hmm. And you can go and look at what Texas has coming up this week and If Texas goes out and plays well, they will have a better record. Why? Because the competition is not what the Big 12 and the SEC looks like. I've gotten a chance to see Big 10 teams. I've gotten a chance to see SEC teams. There is a lot of change that is happening in the college baseball game. There is an opportunity for some of these young guys get their feet wet. They going up against top-level competition when they went to Globe Life. It was tough. And then they played uh, LSU at home. That's right. Now, the t- going out to Cal State Fullerton, I expected them to sweep out there. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I expected them to sweep because Cal State is not what we thought Cal State usually was going to be. So I'm looking at it totally different about that trip. That's why I was a little bit more disappointed in the way that they lost. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing for me, for this Texas Longhorn baseball team, they have to change their approaches. And what I mean by that is they, we need to stop looking for guys that are going to try to knock the ball out of the park. That's not what this team is made of. And the older players need to be more consistent. We're not going to have a big home run. This might be the worst year after having the best year in Texas uh, baseball history. This might be the worst year, and that's okay. But what do you need to do? You need to do more hit and runs. You need to make sure you can catch it because fielding has been an issue. If you could go out there and play good defense and have your pitchers throw strikes, it increases your chances to win. And again, we're going to the Big 12 conference. This is what I'm talking about. That is what I'm waiting on. I'm waiting to see what Texas can do in the Big 12. Yes, you can make all your assumptions. My man, uh, Mark Pena of Occupy Left Field. He's been he's been tweeting a lot and yeah. he's, he's he's he's, he's really happy. worried. He's Man. really worried. I'm Man. not going to worry just yet. I'm going to continue to watch this. And the biggest transformation is going to be LeBaron Johnson to help follow Lucas Gordon. Now he normally starts on either Tuesdays or Wednesdays. We don't know what it's going to look like, but if by the time we get to conference play, if he's in that rotation on the weekend where you got Lucas Gordon going on Friday and LBJ going on either Saturday or Sunday, I like our chances if he can hone it in. Against LSU, you didn't have any bigger tests than going up against the number one ranked team in the nation, going against the LSU Tigers. Uh, Texas ended up losing that game, but they were in the game all the way to the very end until that big home run was given up. 
So, number one, put the ball in play, Texas batters. Make it make it where it's tough because what I've seen in my weekends of calling games, people underestimate the fact of they got to catch it, they got to throw it, and mm-hmm. they got to catch it again. There's a lot of errors that are being made within that process. And I've seen it week in and week out, and that has been the biggest challenge. Have to go out there and make those adjustments. I'm not giving up hope. I'm going to continue to watch this and watch the learning process, watch the mm-hmm. learning curves, and see if these guys are going to step up and take this opportunity to be playing at home as long as they are and making sure that they show up every single night. A lot of this, you can say Coach Pierce this, Coach Pierce that. A lot of this has to go with players. I was a guy that st- stood in the batter's box, and I had to face some tough pitchers. I had to make some adjustments in my life. And if it, if you as a batter can't make those adjustments and try to work harder on not looking for the power and start looking for the base hits and manufacturing some things are 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 there, I want to see that. I want to see that as well. So there's a lot to be paying attention to. I still believe in this team. There's no panic button, but Patrick, <laughs> Patrick, I need you to start searching, my brother. I need you to start searching, and I'll let you know when we need to start playing it. But this team has got a good opportunity to get better up until the Big 12 tournament, I mean Big 12 conference play, and then we'll start looking at it. Yeah. um, Man, what's the last time Texas started this slow? Uh, I think it was 2019. 2019. I think our man CB sent that to us and was talking about the 2019 team where they didn't make the Big 12 tournament. Okay. Remember, if, if if Texas can't get into the Big 12 tournament, whatever button you want to push, whatever sounder you have, that is when we need to start having that discussion. But I'll start it a little bit earlier than that if they're not coming out there making those plays. Yeah, I was going to say. It'll, uh, people will sound it for you. Trust yeah, me. Trust I think me. Occupy Left Field will throw it out there for you. Oh, my you. goodness. Um, yeah, it's a. Uh, been a difficult time for Texas baseball early on, but it is a long season. Hopefully, um, they find a way uh, to uh, bounce back. No doubt. This this week, yep. you, want them, you want them above five hundred. I do. Want by them the by, end of this by the week. end of this week, if they're not. Uh, all right, we'll, uh, we'll come back. We'll get into uh, a little off the record um, that was history made over the weekend, and I actually was a part of it. We'll talk about that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, one hundred four nine Horn. Mega doo doo. I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get. They bring the income. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in the sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can. I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Uh, we got a couple of stories we could jump into, but I want to hit this one first for Off the Record. Um, and we have another Off the Record coming up in the 545, and we'll talk about some of the uh, some of the conduct, uh, which was to be unbecoming of the brother of a Super Bowl MVP. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was a weird story that came out. Very much so. We'll, we'll get into that too coming up. And uh, we'll talk John Morant and the uh, latest in controversy, 
scandal mm. uh, about John Morant, who is right now observing like a. Um, he is, I don't know what you call sabbatical. Uh, he's not suspended, but he's away from the team for a while just yeah. to think about his conduct, something like that. So we'll get into that later on. But off the record here, I want to talk about the uh, the box office weekend. Uh, Creed 3, which I got a chance to see over the weekend, so I won't spoil anything. Oh, you anything. did? Yep, won't spoil uh. anything for anybody. Uh, I did like it, though. Uh, I thought it was really good, and I was the only one. Okay. Uh, num- it was the number one uh, box. It probably it's the number one Rocky or Creed opening of all time. So it beat out any of the Rocky or Creed movies uh, opening ever. It grabbed fifty eight point six million that weekend, uh, biggest opening ever for a sports movie. Wow, that was surprising to me too. Oh, you mean it was better than Rocky? Number wise, well, no, it beat no, all the Rockies. No, it beat kidding. all the Rockies in the Creed movies. I said that, but it's <laughs> the biggest. Kidding. You you talk? Why are you talking trash on Rocky, man? I'm just messing. Around. I'm not a big fan. Not a big fan. Remember, I told you, you like y'all. the Creed movies, though. I do love the Creed. Yeah, movies. Right? This is just uh, they're yeah. calling they're calling the Creed. It's not a it's it's a sequel and basically a reboot. So it's a requel. Is the new oh, term? Okay. There you go. If you want to be cool, you oh, can th- throw, throw that term out there to the cool kiddos. Guy make it sound that, cool. I'm a uh, but the biggest yeah, that makes it sound real cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's a requel. <laughs> uh, but the biggest <laughs> opening ever for a sports movie. Uh, that was, and, you know what? I'll say the reason that it was good was because of the villain Jonathan Majors is mm-hmm. damn good and he's fantastic in it. Uh, and I won't spoil anything Big about fan it. Of but his. Yeah, he's been he's been Mar- you know, he's in the Marvel universe now, and he's been in a ton of different things, and he's great and i would go as far as to say it's he could be in the running for one of the all-time greatest sports movie villains Ooh, i'm just gonna throw it out throwing it out there like that okay he'll be he he, he could be in the conversation for one of the all-time greatest sports he's one of the few american ones right sports movie villains yeah they're usually Uh, usually another country right well uh, i guess apollo technically was a villain for what? For a couple he, movies. Then there's, there's Club of Lang. Hey, most of the great movie, sports movie villains are from Rocco, Rocky. Yeah, that's true. Rocky did a good job with those. But you're right, Drago was, of course. Yeah. But then there was like, um, man, Shooter McGavin? Yeah, Shooter McGavin's up there. Right? Yeah. That was, uh, that's, it, it's, it's a comedic villain, but still a villain nonetheless. He's Shooter. Yeah, Shooter's in that conversation. Uh, oh, man. Birdie, Tupac's character from uh, Above the Rim. He's in that conversation, too. Oh, yeah. That was good. <laughs> He's in that it conversation, too. He was a good one. Too. He was a good one. Uh, Chun Lee. Remember Chun Lee from Bloodsport back in the I day? I do. He's in there. Uh, there's a bunch of them. Sports. But he, I'm telling you, that's how good. I think his character is Dame Anderson in the movie. But it, it it's worth it because the villain, to me, the villains make all the movies. Any, Marvel, any good Marvel movie is a good Marvel villain, and if it's not a good Marvel villain or a comic book villain in the movie, no matter what adaptation is, it's probably going to suck. The Creed <laughs> Three movie is good because the villain is pretty damn compelling. I like it. He's basically a cross between. He's basically a new age Clubber Lang, to truth be told. But he's he's better than Clubber Lang. He's classier than Clubber Lang. Clubber Lang was just. I mean, Clever Lang was basically what Mike Tyson before Mike Tyson. Exactly. <laughs> I, I would, I, right? Thank you. I'm glad before you Mike said Tyson that. Same woman. Same <laughs> woman. <laughs> That's, that was what Clever Lang was doing. Uh, but no, he's a really good villain. So if you check it out, go check it out. Is he, uh, is he better than Thunderlips? 
Thunderlips. Thunderlips is here. Yes, I forgot about that. Right? <laughs> and he said, yeah, it's Rocky Three, the beginning of it, right? It's yeah, Thunderlips. Yeah. I forget all about Hulk Hogan's little cameo in there. He's like, so we're going to go out here and do this little boxing. I'm going to hear you. <laughs> and, then we'll go. and he was like, nah, I'm body slamming. <laughs> body slamming. <laughs> exactly. And, by the way, this, Sylvester Stallone apparently wants, well, he's been asked to, I guess, remove himself from the franchise. Like, he's right. he's not involved with the Creed franchise anymore. Right. He said, his quote was um, I stepped away? It was taken in a different direction than I, than a quite different direction than I would have like. I've taken it right. It's a different philosophy. So, and I, yeah, I think yeah. He, so he's 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 away from it. So they're doing their own thing. But I thought they did a pretty damn good job. Uh, all right, uh, that's an update on the uh, the Rocky uh, three. Sorry, Creed three in the Creed. Rocky franchise uh, that I got a chance to watch over the weekend. All right, we come back. We'll get into Jerry Jones's comments on Dak Prescott once again. I think Jerry Jones and Stevie Jones are gaslighting Cowboys fans, <laughs> and I believe I have more proof. Oh my gosh! I had proof last week. More proof no. that you are being gaslit, Cowboys fans. We'll discuss that. Also, Derek Carr to the Saints. We'll talk about that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.